Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. So what we're going to talk about today is how powerful body language is when it comes to presenting in front of a customer. How many of us in here are actually in the homes estimating doing presentations to customers? Great. Pretty much everybody. I guarantee you when you leave here, you're going to have tips and techniques that you're going to start to pay attention to that will increase your sales because you're going to start noticing things that you never thought about before from a body language standpoint. So what is body language? Everyone, it's a term everybody knows. What is body language? Well, <clears throat> I promise you this slide here is the only slide that's going to have this much text on it. But if you want to define it, it's basically nonverbal communication when we use physical behavior, expressions, and mannerisms to communicate without words instinctively rather than consciously. Our bodies talk before our mouths do. And most of the time, we don't even know it. When you interact with others, you are continuously giving and receiving wordless signals. Where does this come from? What, what, what is body language? Well, body language comes from what I call the lizard brain, but Scientifically, it's called your limbic brain. It's the part of your brain that has the fight or flight system in it. It's evolutionary. Cavemen have this. Animals have it. We all have a limbic brain where we react to something without thinking about it. If you watch people and you start practicing body language, like a good example when, you know, a, an infant just born, if you stick a spoon of something they don't like to their nose and they cringe, they didn't think about that. That's a limbic reaction. They don't like the smell. Let's say you're in a coffee shop and an old friend walks in. Haven't seen him in years. If you're watching these two people, what happens? Their eyes light up. They go to each other. They probably give each other a hug. That's all limbic reactions. Then let's say someone walks into the same coffee shop that you don't like, but they see you. They're like, hey, how you doing? And you kind of give like a cursory shake and a fake smile. Those are happening because you're not thinking about it. And that's what the limbic brain does. So you guys have to be aware of the limbic brain because every second you're talking to one of your potential customers, they're giving you signals of what they're hearing and seeing. And it's critical to start to pay attention to that because it could be the difference between liking you or not liking you. Literally, it could be the difference between a sale or not a sale. So in the world of body language, they call this, it's a 93% rule. It's a famous rule when you, when you talk about body language. This is really cool, and it's quite stunning, actually. And they've done many, many studies on this. But the 93% rule basically says that 7% of the meaning of everything that, that um, we communicate is through what we say, through the spoken word. Of that, 38% is your tone of voice, is how you say it. And shockingly, 55% of meaning is communicated non-verbally with body language. When you add 55 and 38, 93%. 93% of our communication is non-verbal. 
That's shocking. Most people will, if you ask this question to most people, how, what percentage do you think is, is verbal or nonverbal? They'll probably say 10, 15%. Everybody thinks what they say is actually being conveyed. Only 7% of the time do people pay attention to what you're saying. You're watching my body language right now. My words are coming out, but my body language is helping convey what I'm saying. So I have a question based on those numbers. What would you change, just think about this in your head for a second, what would you change now that you know that only 7% of what comes out of your mouth is hurt? Talk less. So when we get into this presentation, you're going to see things that you're going to look for, and you can also start applying to yourself that will actually help you with that 93% that your customers are looking at. Another question for you. Right now, as you go into a home, do you actually pay attention to body language? Yourself or your customer? Are you actually actively doing that? Many people will say, yeah, yeah I, I pay attention, but you really don't. I've been on sales calls in front of, you know, I, I sold just so you know who I am. My name's Alan Langer. I should have said that at the beginning, right? <laughs> um, I, I was in home sales uh, almost for 20 years for Anderson Windows, Renewal by Anderson, so really high-end windows, like $2,500 for a double-hung kind of window. And um, I was their number one sales rep nationally for years, and I only got good at it because I started, doing body, I started paying attention to body language and other things that are in my book. But this, to me, is one of the critical things and one of the biggest mistakes that most sales reps make, or business owners, is they don't think about this. They think whatever they can present, their company is great, their pain is great, everything is great, that's going to sell the job. It's actually, nothing is further from the truth. So, once you start realizing that I should start paying attention to who's in front of me and how they're reacting to what, I was saying, what I'm saying, and then how I'm reacting to what they're saying, that's when you're going to start elevating. That's when you're going to say, wow, that was a really good appointment. Everything felt great. How many times do we talk to somebody and you get a feeling from them? You like them, you don't like them, you just get a feeling. You can't put your finger on it. What's happening is they're trying to communicate to you, or they already have communicated to you limbically. They did something and you didn't like it or you did like it. You meet someone you like, you know, someone you want to date. There's that feeling there. That's not spoken. It's all nonverbal. So you can take all of these nonverbal concepts and put them into the sales world and you'll just become much more successful. This is a pretty shocking statistic. So when sales reps, this is a national survey, when sales reps uh, were surveyed and asked if they actually admit to paying attention to body language, only 9% of salespeople said they actually listen or pay attention, to, not listen, but they actually pay attention to body language. 9%. Well, why is that important? What's the difference? Well, I, I'm still closing 30% of my sales. Why do I need to, to pay attention to body language? I'm closing 25%. I'm making my money. What's the big deal? Of the reps that say they never pay attention to body language, it's something they don't want to deal with, the national average for closing in every industry combined is 23%. 
Everybody in here knows what closing percentage is, right? Number of people you see versus the number of you sell. So 23 out of 100, you have a 23% closing percentage. That sucks. That's not good. If you think 23% is good, I mean, good luck to you, but you're going to have, uh, you're just going to be an average salesperson and an average business owner. Of the reps that actually say they pay attention and actively practice body language, closing percent more than doubles to almost 50% nationally. That right there should, is, is enough to, for me, anyway, to say, wow, this is something I should pay attention to. This is something I should invest in. Did you know that in most corporations, like corporate salespeople for you know, B2B mostly, they actually train their reps, their training regimens, their sales training regimens, they want them to produce 25 to 30% closing rates. And they're happy with that. If they, they basically, they, their thought process, if we train all of our reps and our team closes between 25 and 30%, we're gonna be a profitable company. That's the mindset. Think about how messed up that is. I look at it the other way. If my reps saw 1,000 people that month and 700 of them told me no, that's a problem, don't you think? That's not successful. So the whole mindset has to chip. Like, you know, I want to be good. I want to close 50 60%. How do I do that? What steps do I need to take? Well, body language is, I'm telling you right now, is a huge one that you can, you can start employing. So let's get into this. Let's talk about what, what pieces of body language you can actually start paying attention to. Like I said, you're gonna walk out of here with some little tips and nuggets and go, wow, I never knew that. Oh, I never knew that. Oh, I saw him do that the other day. Man, I was at this appointment and the guy did exactly that and I missed it. I have a whole chapter in my book just on body language. And my book is in the back for later on if you guys wanna grab one. All right, what I want everyone to do right now is raise your index finger on your dominant hand, the hand that you write with. Put it in the air. I want you to draw a capital E on your forehead. Do it once. Okay, now do it again. All right, show of hands, who put the E facing me so I can read it? Okay, the remainder, put your hands up, put the E toward yourself so you can read it. All right. That's pretty much the ratio. Now, I'm not going to make you feel bad, but maybe I am. What's the ratio? It's about 70-30, 65-35. People put the E facing, facing um, out so someone else can read it. Yes? What if you did it I'll tell you that in a second. That is about a half a percent ratio right there. <laughs> this, tests your, this tests subconsciously your, your empathy quotient, where you rate on an empathy chart. Now this is not end-all be-all, it's kind of a fun little test to do. But what it's actually showing is if you drew the E facing me, you actually are from a more of an empathetic mindset because you're caring about me actually being able to read it. If you do the E facing yourself, you are a selfish son of a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it just means that you probably need to do a little work on your empathy. What is empathy? Who can tell me what empathy is? Go ahead. Being able to understand exactly. Putting yourself in someone else's shoes. What are they feeling? How you know? Being empathetic to that is like I understand exactly what you're feeling. I care about you 
because I understand where you're coming from. I'm standing in your shoes right now. That's what you need to do when you're in front of a customer. So the higher your empathy quotient is, the easier it is for you to actually understand and start practicing body language and noticing it. If your empathy quotient is a little lower, you will need to work a little harder to try to turn that around. Because what you're constantly doing, most it's been shown that most people who are on a lower scale on empathy spend a lot of time thinking about what they're going to say next and not listening to the customer. They're thinking about what the price is going to be. They're thinking about what they're going to talk about, how long the company's been in business. They're going to talk about themselves, 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 and the customer is standing in front of you saying many amazing, important things, and you're not even paying attention. So keep that in mind when you're, when you're talking to a customer. Try to be as empathetic as possible. Another survey, I don't have a slide for this, but another survey I saw, this was a current one that was done about a month ago. They did the top four issues with salespeople and business owners. The number one problem with salespeople, number one, let me see if anybody can get it. What do you think the number one problem with salespeople is? No, but that's close. No. Nope. Nope. Talk too much. Talk too much. If you're talking, you can't listen to body language. You can't pay attention. The second is they actually sell too much. They don't know how to stop selling, which goes hand in hand with talking too much. They immediately start to sell rather than listen. So that what you said, sir, is right. Listen is number three. They don't listen. So all of these things combined, starting to recognize body language actually makes you take a step back. Ask, listen, and understand first. And that has to do with their body language as well. So the three components of nonverbal communication of the body. First, obviously, is the face. These are the three areas of the body that you can watch and pay attention to. The second are the arms and the hands. And third is the torso, legs, and feet. Now, out of these three sections of the body, one of them is the most accurate. One of them is pretty much 100% of the time telling you exactly how that customer feels. What do you, th what do you think it is? Face. Feet, legs, and torso. And whenever I do that, everyone's like, what? How can that be? Well, here's how it can be. Remember we're talking about the limbic brain controlling all of this? The face will give you some indication right away, but the face can be manipulated very, very easily. What will happen is you will see people, the, the, a half a second you'll see their face do something, then they'll change it because they don't want you to think, you know, they don't want you to see what they're thinking. So now if you miss that first half a second and you're looking at their face and it's not what they're thinking, now they're basically lying to you. They're changing their body language, they're changing their face, so you will think something differently. So the face, although has so many tells to it, you have to combine what the face is doing to what the rest of the body is doing. If you just look at the face, you're going to be wrong about 50% of the time. And man, we just went through COVID, so talk about not only be able to see a body, well, you couldn't even see a face because you had a mask on it. So now you had to just read eyes. So we're going to go over that in a second, but um, thank goodness the masks are gone and we're actually in public now and we can talk to people and this can really start to, to get back into, 
into uh, helping you. Arms and hands are the second area that can be manipulated because people like to do things with their arms and hands that are different than what they're feeling. The feet and the legs, so far from the brain, you can't control them. You never think about doing something with your feet. You'll always think about doing something with your face. And we get to, when we get to the feet and legs later, there's some fascinating studies that were done about how important looking at feet and legs is. So that's pretty cool that, you, that, you, that you know, most people think it's the face, but it's, it's not. So let, but I'm going to start with the face because it's the obvious thing we, we're, that we are going to talk to, see every day, and, and especially on Zoom calls. The face has two types of smiles. The first is a fake smile, or what we know as a polite smile. I call it a yearbook smile, you know, a school photo smile. You're asked to pose. Come on, smile, say cheese. What, the way you can determine what a fake smile is, is their mouth kind of goes back, not up, and there's no crinkling or squinting of the eyes. So it looks like they're smiling. It's nice, but that's not a real smile. This is the smile you'll see when you first walk into a house, because they don't know you yet. They don't know anything about you. They're going to give you a polite smile. If they're a normal person, obviously we've all been in front of not normal people, but let's just, we'll assume for today's talk that we're talking to a normal person, normal couple. So you'll see this. Your goal by the end of the call is to get to a real smile. And a real smile is when the eyes squint, you get the little crinkles next to them, and the mouth goes up toward the ears. See the difference between that and that? When you see people like this, these types of smiles are authentic, they're real. These are not fake. When you see them next to each other, side by side, it's so evident, it's scary. But if we're not paying attention to that, if we walk into a house and we see a polite smile, we think they're actually, oh, these people really like me. No, they don't. They have no idea who you are. They're giving you a polite smile. So you want to start looking for this later in the appointment. See, now I can see they have a real smile. They're really engaging with me. Their eyes are squinting a little bit. Their mouth's going up toward the side. So pay attention, especially when you meet people, going from a polite smile to a real smile later on. If they stay on that polite smile, you're not going to get that job. And there's a lot of negative facial expressions, especially in a sales situation that you should be watching for. This is one of my favorites, pursed lips. See right there, a pursed lip literally lasts less than a half a second but it could be the most powerful thing you could ever witness. When someone purses their lips when you're talking to them, they don't like what they just heard or what they just saw. But they're not going to tell you, which is why they purse their lips very quickly. Here's a story about a pursed lip that, um, to me, I mean, I tell the story all the time because it, it, it literally just defines what this means to pay attention to. So I was at an appointment one night and it was a very large sale. It was about a $70,000 window sale. One call closed, we, we had to be back then. Sitting there, I went through the whole appointment. We're sitting at the kitchen table. They agreed to go forward. I start asking how you guys want to, let's talk about how you want to pay for this. Want to do financing? You want to write a check, credit card? What do you want to do? And the wife says, 
we want to do the monthly payment, the 6.9% 10-year loan. I want to do that. And they looked at the husband and he pursed his lips. That was it. Pursed him, then he just sat there with his hands folded. So as soon as I saw that, I said, I forget his name, Mr. Smith, or Joey, um, how's that sound? You guys on board with that? He goes, you know what? I think I'm going to talk to my wife for a minute. I said, totally fine. I'm going to bring my stuff outside. I'll go to my truck, flick the light when you're done. I'll come back in. Good 10 minutes went by. Flicked the light, I went back in. His whole demeanor changed. He went from pursing his lips and very stiff at the table and keeping his hands clasped. I walked in, he was almost ready to pat me on the back. Hey, come on in now, we're all set. We're gonna do the 12 month no interest payment instead. I'm like, great, awesome. And they went ahead, the job went forward as planned. If I didn't notice the purse lift, if I just kept plowing through, jumping on, okay, great, let's get you, get, get you uh, approved for that, for that financing, and he doesn't want to embarrass his wife or talk finances in front of me, he probably would have kept his mouth shut. That would have led to two, you know, two or three different scenarios. One, they would have had a big fight that night. Uh, two, he would have just been like uncomfortable, and now the tenor of the feel-good of buying all these windows for the house is lowered. Or worst-case scenario, which has happened, they could have canceled the sale the next day. Because they could have figured, I can't change this financing, I don't want to do this, forget it, let's just cancel it. Because now the anxiety is building. But because I noticed the pursed lip, a half a second body language tell, that sale was saved and they were really happy. That's how important pursed lips are. When I start talking about negative facial reaction, uh, uh, expressions or different things in body language, here's how important it is if you ignore something you see. Imagine this, like you're talking to a customer and they're giving you some obvious form of body language that means you should shut up and ask if they're okay. If you just keep plowing ahead, they have basically taken a rock, thrown it right at your forehead. It's hit you in the forehead, you're bleeding, and you still don't shut up. That's what that's like. You're completely ignoring their signals. To stop talking, I'm showing you something, I don't like what I'm hearing. And I've been in it a hundred times with reps, they just keep plowing through them and I'm kicking them under the table, like shut the hell up. They just showed you something. They don't care about what you're talking about right now. Because a lot of times people don't care about half of the stuff that's coming out of your mouth. They only care about solving their problem. Another one, obviously if you start seeing this, is squinting or narrowing of the eyes. When people start to squint a little bit, they're getting a little confused, could be getting a little annoyed. This is something obvious if people see this, but Again, a lot of reps just plow right through it. Just think, nah, it's no big deal. They just squinted their eyes because they're, who knows, they're tired. They do that, they don't like what they're hearing, and they're actually getting towards a, a very frustrated state. This is a good one, jaw tightening or teeth grinding. You see it on the side when people grind their teeth like that. You'll actually see a lot of this when you're presenting your price, because now they're very nervous. And what teeth grinding is doing is preventing them from saying something because they don't want to say something. They're embarrassed. They don't want to tell you that the price is too high or they thought it was going to be lower or they don't like the color that you know, the wife picked or the husband picked, but they, they don't want to say anything. So they start clenching their teeth. If you start seeing this, anytime I saw this or, or many of the things that I'm pointing out, I always paused. Like, you know what? Let me take a breath here for a second. Is everything okay? You, you following what I'm saying here? Should I even be talking about this, Mr. Smith? It's okay to do that. They're actually gonna like you more if you do that. So anytime you see something like this, stop. Say, hey, 
Everything okay? I've even called it out. I noticed you were grinding your teeth there, Tony. <laughs> that doesn't, that's not a good sign for me. Tell me what's going on. And they'll relax. They'll appreciate that you noticed it. So don't be afraid to do that. Obviously, if you see this, just get out of the house. You don't want to be dealing with furrowed, the furrowed forehead and that kind of look. That's the look when you showed up with blue paint and it was supposed to be white. This is another good one to watch for. I love this one. This is the sideward glance, or, or it's technically called looking askance. This is another huge, very subtle, very quick tell. If you're talking to someone and they take a quick look, usually up to the left, just quick, briefly, you lost them. They're not paying attention to you anymore. That is usually when you're talking about something they don't want to hear. You're talking about yourself, you're talking about how long the company's been in. My grandfather started the company in a red barn. My dad painted the barn green, and now 25 years later, here I am, blah, 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 blah. They don't care. And if you see them look askance, stop, say, you know what? You may not care about any of that. Sorry for bringing that up. Is that, you know, what would you like me to talk about? Have them tell you. Now, there's also negative facial touching expressions. And these are pretty cool. So if you ever see someone doing this while they're talking, very good chance they're lying. Why are they lying? I don't know why they're lying, but why are they touching their ear? It's because they don't like what they're hearing and they know it's not real. So, you know, I flew in here uh, last night on a helicopter. It's really a nice ride. When you see that and me talking, don't trust what they're saying just yet. Yeah, we're getting four other bids tomorrow. I would dig deeper into that. Who's coming? Tell me how bid, how many, tell me how many bids you want, you know, you've been looking for. How many bids do you normally get on other projects? So when you, people are touching their ear, it's a good sign that something's not up. They could have an itchy ear as well. See, body language is all about, you know, you gotta look at more than just one thing. These are just little things to watch for. So they may just have an itchy ear at that point. But see what they said and dig into it. This is another fascinating one. Scratching of the nose. So when people feel nervous, they feel a little anxiety, the actual blood capillaries in your nose expand. And people will start scratching your nose, their noses. You'll see this a lot during a price presentation. You'll see this a lot when they're thinking the price is going to get get high. You'll also see this when they're lying because they're nervous about lying. They're anxious about that. So if you see this and this and this and everything here, you know, you got someone who's not telling you, telling you the truth. And then this one, it's a pretty common one. Oh man, that's a lot more than I thought it was. Touching the scratching the back of the neck is a sign of anxiety and kind of surprised, like, oh, damn, I, I don't know about this, and they're just scratching the back of their neck. We've all seen it. That's a sign of discomfort. It's okay to acknowledge it. Hey, looks like this is a little more than you thought. Let's talk about this, because you saw this. So let's do a little, a little test here. I'm going to put up, I think it's six faces, and for, for the life of me, I can't get the I'm going to put up the faces first, then we're going to go and try to figure out what they're saying. So we're going to put up this little guy, this guy, this little girl, this woman, 
and our former Attorney General, William Barr. So we got five faces up there. So let's start with this little man right here. What do you think he's, what, what is he telling you with his face? Who said concerned? Concerned. He's worried or, or, or concerned. A little confused. The eyes are down. You can see he's just kind of like stopping and looking. He's a little worried and confused, wondering what's going on. Pretty easy to tell that. What about this guy right here? What kind of smile is that? That's a real smile. Look at his eyes. They're almost closed. He's so happy. That is a great example of a real smile. All right, this one's a layup. What's, what's the matter with her? She got told no. They took her ice cream away. She is very mad. She's angry. That is a really good furrowed brow. And kids are great. Kids don't hide their body language at all. You can watch kids. You're going to tell exactly what they're feeling. These next two are very tricky. And once you start getting into a higher level of being comfortable with body language, you're going to start to notice these as well. What do you think she's feeling right there? Who said incredulous? Awesome. That is, uh, uh, it, she doesn't believe you. That's an incredulous look. I don't believe a word you're saying right now. I, I, what you're saying is, there's no way you had 40 customers this last month. This is, this is impossible. I don't believe you. And you're going to get an incredulous look. So if you get that, you need to stop. Figure out what you're saying and ask them if they're okay. Now here's another fascinating one. I got 10 bucks in my pocket to anyone who could tell me what that facial expression is. Oh, I need to hear that. It's one word. Nope. Close. Nope. Come on, it's 10 bucks right here. Take it from me. Time's up. That is contempt. Now here's what's fascinating about contempt. We all have it. We all don't use it a lot. But contempt, who can tell me what contempt is? Contempt is where you feel like you're better than the other person in front of you. You feel like, I'm, I'm so much better than this person. But what's cool here is this is actually a picture of William Barr when he was listening to Janet Reno. He took this picture. We all have a muscle on the left side of our mouths that does not exist on the right side. And when we feel contempt, that muscle goes up. And we're like, seriously? I'm so much better than this person. You feel contemptuous. If you see this in a house, it's really not a good sign. You're dealing with a customer who doesn't like you, who thinks they're better than you, and it's pro it's, this was always a sign to me that it's probably not a good customer to have. Because they're starting from, their starting square is I am so much better than you. I know everything about painting. You're just going to be my little, you know, I'm just going to hire you and I'm going to be a nightmare to you as this goes on. So be aware of contemptuous. You're not going to see it a lot, but when you do, that person is going to be difficult to work with usually. Damn, got my $10 now for later. This is cool. All right, so we're in the world of COVID now. Still, you still might be going into homes where people have masks on. There's still masks and, you know, people are still concerned. So let's go through what you can look for. So obviously now with COVID and people with masks, now you just have the eyes to look at, the forehead, 
And then again, it's incredibly important if you can see the rest of the body. I, I used this slide a lot when I was training for Zoom calls, because people were on Zoom calls, and they were even on Zoom calls in masks, because they were in, in an office or somewhere where they're wearing a mask. But you can tell a lot from the eyes and from the forehead if you see the initial reaction. That first flash of something is usually correct. Then they'll change their face if they want to. So this is the governor of California right here when he actually shut the state down for COVID. This was during his press conference and he got a lot of positive feedback because look how genuinely concerned he looks. That is not a lying face. I mean, his forehead is completely clear. His eyes are open. He's really exhibiting concern for his state. And that's what was, was clear in all the polls that were taken, that they felt good when he did this. What is she doing? Surprise. That's a legit surprise. You just showed her the price. Holy crap. I thought it was going to be one-third that. Genuine surprise. Eyebrows raised. Eyes are wide open. You don't even need to see her mouth. What do we got here? Is it a real smile or a fake smile? Why is it real? Correct. His eyes are squinted. You can tell under here that that's a real smile even though you can't see it. This one's here just to be funny. That's when you painted the house green instead of red and you showed up home from work and that's the reaction of the homeowner. Now this one is cool. So look at the difference between this one and the one right above her. What do you think she's showing you right there? What did you say? Anger. She is surprised, but you see some anger in her eyes, don't you? See the difference between genuine surprise and like holy crap to holy crap, are you serious? I'm mad right now. You can just tell by the eyes. Now that is obviously, that would be the flash of, of, the, of the signal that the face gave immediately, and then she might actually change that within a half a second. But if you see that, that's where your, that's where your real tell is. And then obviously that's an easy one. We've got anger there. So when you're seeing people with masks, watch their eyes very carefully, and then if you're obviously in a walking or a situation where you can, um, you're talking to them in their home, you're going to look at the rest of the body that we're going to go over. All right, let's get to the arms and hands. So the arms and hands are areas that I would say um, really help to look at with other parts of the body the most. Like right now, I'm comfortable. I have my, my arms here, but I just did that on purpose. So you can manipulate your arms and hands. But let's go through some of the ways you should be looking at arms and hands. And the first one, everyone talks about arm crossing. There's a big misnomer in arm crossing. People think that if you cross your arms, it's a bad thing. Oh, they're blocking me off. They don't want to talk to me. They're, they're arm it's actually not true. It could mean that, but it could mean a lot of other things. It could mean you're posing for a picture and trying to look cool and casual. What's he got there? What kind of smile is that? That's a fake smile. That's a portrait smile. What's that guy showing you? What's his face showing you first? Little, I'm not sure if I believe you right now. It's bordering on incredulous. But then he crosses arms. Now I'm thinking he doesn't really like what he's hearing. If I just saw the face, 
you know, I might ask about it, but then I see this, I know something's up. So his arms are following his face and what he's really feeling. That gets a little more obvious. She completely doesn't believe what you're saying. And she crossed her arms like, really? It's time for you to leave. Or you could be cold. It's a proven fact that women are colder than men. Women cross their arms at a 62% higher rate than men do. Most of that time is because they're cold. Now, other times they feel like they need to protect themselves. Other times they want to have a power stance. So crossing arms means a lot of different things. Always look at what's happening with the rest of the body when you see someone cross their arms. I know when I'm standing at a bar talking to someone, I just love, I'm comfortable doing this. See someone lean against the counter, cross their legs over, cross their arms, they're comfortable. That's a comfortable stance. It doesn't mean you're closed off. Okay? Arms behind the back is a really interesting one because if you're at a house and people are you're walking around with someone, watch if they put their hands behind their back. A couple of things to this. The first thing to watch for, my arms right now behind my back are very relaxed because you can see my elbows are kind of just there. They're not tight. Okay? When you see it relaxed, that is a really good sign for two reasons. One, it can, you, they are relaxed in that situation. But from a limbic standpoint, they're opening up their vital organs to you. So they're saying, I don't have any fear at all that you're going to throw a spear into my chest. However, if they start moving one of those arms up, they're getting nervous. They're starting to pacify themselves a little bit. They're still open, but they're getting nervous about something else. They still like you, but I think what they're hearing is making them nervous, and that's probably because they're thinking this is going to be expensive. So when they start crawling up their arm and doing this, then you'll see the shoulders tighten up. Now when you see the elbows go in and they grab their hands tight like that, now they're really nervous. Now they're like trying to hold something back. They want to tell you and they're just holding it in. Again, they still, they're not having a problem with you at this particular time because they're still open. Having a problem with the information you're telling them. So keep an eye out for that. It's a kind of a tricky one and you really got to practice and watch body language for a while before you're even going to notice that. But once you start, you'll, start, you'll, you'll notice even when you're driving away from the house, like, wow, that went really well, and they had their hands behind their back relaxed the whole time. I just thought of that, just realized it. So it's a cool thing to pay attention to as part of the whole evaluation. Handshakes. We're back to handshakes. We, we went two years without shaking hands. Now we're pretty much back to it. Handshakes are important because why? They're really a first impression. You know, they're looking at you. They're, you're their first impression. You just saw them. They're giving you that polite smile, and you're going to shake their hand. Now, this might be, sound like it's not rocket science, but nice, firm, confident, professional handshake. Straight in, a couple of shakes, and out. You don't want to grab fingers. You certainly don't want to hand your fingers to someone and have that little limp noodle kind of, kind of feeling. You don't want to do that. If you actually, like, this happens a lot with, you know, a guy shaking a woman's hand. The, many women are not confident to get that hand out there, so they'll kind of, like, do this, and then you wind up grabbing their fingers. Apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me give you a good handshake. And say that. That's going to relax them. If you just grab their fingers and squeeze them and then pretend that's your handshake, that's going to stick in the back of their mind. They're going to feel a little uncomfortable. 
You want to show that you're a confident person? I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that handshake. Here, let me give you a good one. And then just do a nice, solid, professional handshake. Don't do the bone crusher handshake. Don't meet the husband and try to out handshake him. I see this all the time with contractors. Hey, Tony, how are you? And you guys are arm, arm wrestling on the front porch with the wife rolling her eyes. Right? See it all the time. Don't do that. And here's the biggest no-no in handshakes. Never, ever, ever, ever handshake and put your other hand on their, on their uh, back of their palm. That is personal space. You are not, they did not give you permission to enter their personal space, and that will freak somebody out. Even if they don't know it, that will send such a shockwave of negativity subconsciously and limbically to them, you'll never sell that job, simply because you shook their hands like this. You do not have permission for this, especially in some other, in some cultures as well. Yes, sir? I'm sorry? If they do it to you, so you're jumping ahead, but this is a good question. If they do it to you, that's an amazing sign. So you want this handshake from your customer when you're leaving. So you're going to walk in the house, you're going to do a nice solid handshake, you're going to watch the polite smile go to a real smile, you're going to see some great body language, you're going to see relaxed arms, you're going to see relaxed crossed arms possibly. They love everything. They shake your hand, they go like that, you are now part of their family. But you cannot do it to them at the beginning because you're not part of their family yet. They did not give you permission. If they do it to you, you're in. So that's the biggest difference. They're letting you in their personal space when they do that to you. So anytime I left a house, usually with a sale, many times they would double class my hand. And then you can have, yeah, like you can go right back and do it, do it to them as well. But um, if you do it starting, it's literally like just walking in their house without even saying hello. That's how, that's how unnerving it could be limbically to them. Yes, sir? Yes. Yeah, exactly. But don't, if you're leaving and you think everything went great and they don't do it to you, do not do it to them. You don't have any permission to do that. You let them do that to you at all times. It's, it's that important. That's how, that's how um, invasive that feels subconsciously. It's too intimate. Yeah. The hands, when you touch hands, that's, that's personal body space. You know, there's other studies out there that, I don't want to confuse you, but there's other studies out there that if you touch an elbow, it's actually a good thing because elbow is considered outside of personal space. I tried it, still feels a little weird to me, so I don't go there, but I've had people do that to me. You shake your hand and they just tap your elbow. Um, I never felt any differently on that, but um, for today's purposes, don't double handshake anybody going or coming unless they do it to you. All right. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of what re you're really going to start seeing. How many people, when you're giving a quote, sit at the kitchen table when you're talking to people? How many people are just standing the whole time? All right. What I want you to start doing is when you get to the quote or you get to the pricing section of this and you're presenting this, try to get into the living room or a comfortable area of the house. A couple reasons why the kitchen table or standing are not as successful. The kitchen table, when you sit down, feels like it's a, uh, you're at a meeting. You know, you're going to sign some documents. They get very tight at the kitchen table. When you're standing, 
it doesn't feel professional enough, they feel like they say, okay, just email me the quote. When you actually ask to sit in the living room or say, is it okay if we sit here, or this, well, this looks comfortable, you want to sit here, they're in the most comfortable part of their house. They automatically, if they let you, feel comfortable with you. But the biggest reason is you can watch their feet and legs. I've closed so many sales watching feet and legs, can't even count anymore. Simply because I sat in the living room and not at the kitchen table. People feel comfortable in the most comfortable part of their house. Go sit on the sunroom. Go sit in the sun porch. Sit on the front porch. Sit in areas that are comfortable. Don't make it like you're at a lawyer's office and sit at the kitchen table. If you can. Many people say, here, let's sit here. Totally fine. That's where they want you to sit. But if you can control it, if you can recommend, oh, this looks great. You mind if we sit here? They'll usually say yes. So standing, we all, we're painters, we're walking around the homes, we're standing a lot. You got to watch what they're doing with their legs. So if anyone is like this, if they're standing like this in the kitchen, or they're talking to you, or they're just like this, and they've got both feet on the floor, they're limbically getting themselves ready for how they're going to feel. This is a fight or flight uh, stance to start a conversation. What this means is I'm balanced, and I can either run, I can attack you, or I can protect myself subconsciously and limbically, with both feet on the floor. Whether whatever I'm doing with my arms doesn't matter. If my both feet are on the floor like this, I am still not sure about you. I'm in protection mode or I'm in, I, I, I'm reactionary. I'm like, what am I going to do here? When you start seeing them relaxing their feet, leaning up against the wall, doing that, crossing their legs, that is a great sign because they are relinquishing their protection and they trust you. So when any time anybody goes like this or leans against the counter like this and crosses their legs, that's a really good sign that they're starting to trust you. They don't have to protect themselves anymore by keeping both feet planted on the ground. Leg crossing. This is where it comes important in the, uh, in the living room or when you can see their legs. Look at this picture here. What do you guys see there? What was that? Good point. So what this is, this was actually done, this is a, a, a photo shoot for a doctor's office. And the photographer messed this up totally. The photographer told them to smile and to make, to make them look like they're having a good time sitting at the doctor's office, which is kind of weird. But what they did here, which was totally wrong, is in a leg crossing situation, when you cross your legs and your thigh is facing or blocking the other person, you don't like them. But you're not 100% sure about them and you're protecting yourself. This other woman here is facing forward. She's not facing this woman at all. This one obviously is facing the opposite way. But they have these fake smiles to pretend that they're enjoying their conversation, but their bodies are telling me something completely different. They're both pretending they're enjoying the conversation, but neither one of them, both of them are thinking, oh my God, I wish this woman would shut up. They're probably both thinking that. So this picture here, when I look at it, to me is completely fake. This is completely posed. It doesn't convey what it's supposed to convey, that they're enjoying themselves, even though they think they're showing that they are. Now look at the difference with that picture to this picture. Now what do you see? This is actually a sales rep 
showing his customer whatever it is on his iPad. Look at his leg crossing. It's the opposite. He's opening himself up to the customer. He's leaning in a little bit, but this customer is so engaged, he's actually turned toward him and he's leaning forward, which means he's doing a really good job with his body language as well. So the difference between this one, a natural conversation where the customer's enjoying it and the rep is doing a good job, opening his body up as opposed to this. So if you're sitting with someone and you're showing them something and you feel the need to cross your legs, make sure you cross it with the leg opposite of them so it's open. The other thing to do is never sit like that. What does that convey? Don't sit next to me, which could convey what? what do you, when you walk up, when you see this guy, if I saw him in a, in a bus station, I would immediately think this one word. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm arrogant. I don't want anybody sitting next to me. This is my bench. I'm so cool, I can take up this whole bench myself. It's actually called a four-point sitting stance, which is weird, sitting stance, but that's what it's called. And when you sit like this, and you have your arms flayed, and you're going like this, and... You just, you just exhume this feeling of arrogance that um, if you do this in a home, they're not going to like you. You do not want to be, you want to be confident, but you don't want to be arrogant. And this just shows arrogance. You see a lot of people do this. A lot of business guys do this. A lot of, a lot of, you don't see women do this hardly ever. This is a really a male th type of thing. Um, and it just shows arrogance. So if you find yourself sitting that way, try not to do that. If you're sitting that way and you're comfortable in your backyard, that's fine. But if you're with people, avoid that at all costs. Here's the one thing that you want to notice if you're sitting on a couch and they're across from you in their favorite chair. If they put their legs out and cross their feet, you're pretty much home free. That's the ultimate, really the ultimate compliment of I'm, I'm really comfortable with you in my house. I've taken my feet off the floor. I've completely opened myself up. I'm crossing my feet. I have no protection whatsoever. I'm really enjoying this conversation. I'm going to hire you. Anytime I saw that, unless I screwed it up from there, I knew it was a sale. This is a cool one. Foot direction. I actually did a LinkedIn video on this yesterday. Foot direction when you're standing is hugely important. But whoever looks at anyone's feet while you're standing? Nobody. You're looking at their face, right? Whenever you can, glance down at their feet. If someone likes you or is interested in the conversation, what you're saying, their feet will face you. They will be looking at you straight ahead. If they don't like what you're saying, they're going to turn their feet slightly to the exit. There's been study after study done on this. Their body will still be facing you. Their feet will be pointing to where they want to go, and where they want to go is not talk to you anymore. There was a study done by the U.S. Customs Service. This is fascinating. They actually, uh, I don't know how many people, 1,000 people they asked. When they got to the custom area, they said, do you have something to declare? And people would say no or yes. The people who said no and didn't have anything to declare, I think 89% of the time, 90% of the time, their feet were facing the officer. They were telling the truth. The people who said no and had something to declare, they actually found something that they didn't declare. Their feet were facing the exit almost 92% of the time. So they said, have anything to declare? Nope, I don't, and they didn't. You have anything to declare? No, not at all. 
feet that way, they knew to check that suitcase. That's fascinating, isn't it? Just by that. And they found 92 out of 100 times they found something that they didn't declare, just by where their feet were facing. So when you're talking to someone, take a glance down. If their feet are facing the front door and not you, ask them if everything's okay. Usually that means that you're just losing them. You're talking about stuff that they don't, under, they don't care about anymore. And they're like, right, I'm st I really want to get out of here. They're thinking that. They're not going to show you that. They're keeping that polite smile, but their feet are facing the door. Oh, I told my girlfriend not to put a picture of me in here. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. The torso. When we talk about the torso, we talk about really leaning. Leaning in or leaning out. It's pretty, again, not rocket science. When you lean in, you're interested. When your customer's leaning in, really good sign. Now, in this particular instance, this is a, a business meeting. Tell me what you're seeing here by these two guys. This one's hard to see, but I, you can just tell where his torso is. But let's focus on this one right now. What do you see in this guy from here, from what you've learned so far? Exactly. Number one, there's a lot going on with this guy. His legs are crossed, blocking the speaker. What's he doing with his body? He's leaning back. If there were actually wings on the chair, he'd probably be like this. This, to me, just by looking at him from behind, tells me he doesn't, not only doesn't like this guy, but could care less about what he's saying. He's fiddling with his fingers, he's got his legs crossed blocking him, and he's leaning away from the speaker. This guy's doing the same thing, he's not leaning into the table and listening. Where you can see she's leaning forward, he's kind of neutral, and she's leaning forward, listening to this, this person speak. This guy here probably has a pretty contemptuous look on his face. Just by his body language. Now, I could be 100% wrong, but I'm probably not, because I've been doing this long enough. When you, I, I like to look at pictures and see what's happening, and that to me is saying this guy's not enjoying this meeting at all. So when you're talking to someone, and you see them lean in at the table or at, at, when they're on the couch, when you see them lean in, that's a really good sign. They want to listen to you. They start leaning away or kind of getting all relaxed and stuff. You're going to be losing them a little bit. You've got to try to reel them back in. So after all of that stuff that you should be paying attention to, and again, you're not going to do all of this overnight. Body language takes practice. Practice, practice, practice. Go to a, a bar. I love sitting at a bar and watching two people sitting at the seats because I can see their legs. And I can tell immediately if it's a match date or not by their body language. You can see what they're doing with their leg. You know, if the woman likes the guy or vice versa, you can see the leg crossing. You can see the guy leaning in and the woman leaning back. And like, you, know, you just see it. Um, I, was at, uh, I was out the other night uh, with my girlfriend, and we were at one corner of the bar, and we could see everybody, and they were all couples. And we were going around saying, what do you think they're talking about? They're having a fight. They really like each other. They've been, around, they've been together for 25 years. You can see all these things as you practice. Do it at a bar. Do it at a mall. Mall's another great thing. Watch people. The thing about body language here is I want you to, when you practice body language, don't come at it from a place of judgment. Come at it from a place of science. What we do as humans is we see somebody, the first thing we do is we judge them by their appearance. 
We judge them, what they, you know, oh, that, that person looks like he makes a lot of money, that person looks like a jerk, that person looks really nice, based on their appearance. Look at their body language scientifically rather than from a judgmental standpoint. Don't judge anybody. See what's happening with their body. Because how many times have we judged someone and then they open their mouth and you're like, oh, this person's actually really nice. He looked like a jerk, but he's actually really nice because you judged him right away. Try to leave your judgment in your car. Judgment doesn't help anybody. Same thing when you pull up to a house. You know, you're told, don't prejudge that house. You pull up to this house like, oh, that's a piece of crap. They don't have any money to paint, right? And we judge it and we want to just, you know, punt that appointment, get in and out of there and run away. But think about the pride of homeownership. I can't tell you how many window jobs I sold in houses that the windows almost were worth more than the house. But they lived there for 50 years and they loved that house and they finally went, saved money and they wanted, they wanted to fix it up. If I judged it, I wouldn't have made that sale. So leave judgment in the car, both in your appointments and when you're, when you're meeting people. Look at things with a fresh slate and from a scientific standpoint. So then, now you've got to pay attention to your own body language, as we've kind of been alluding to a little bit. Don't slouch. I've been on many appointments with contractors. You know, we're hard workers. We sit down. A lot of us tend to slouch. Whew, I'm finally sitting down. Got to keep your posture professional. When you're at the table, don't do this. I see this a lot. You just look tired and not interested. Again, always lean forward, lean toward the customer. And again, really be interested in what they're saying. You need to ask questions and then shut up. They need to talk more than you. Here, I'll give you a little side sales tip that has nothing to do with body language, but this will help you with questions. Ask more open-ended questions, not closed-ended questions. What's a closed-ended question? Yes or, no. yes or no. You ask a closed-ended question, the conversation ends. It's a conversation killer. You ask an open-ended question, gets them to talk, but then you need to shut up. One of my favorite open-ended questions to ask during an appointment, after you've gone through quite a bit of stuff, you've gone through colors, you've gone through what walls they want, you've gone through a lot of stuff, instead of saying, all right, let me just start pricing this, or does this sound good, does this sound about right, because they'll probably say yes, I would always say, you know what, let me pause before we get to the next stage here. Tell me something that I need to know to understand this job even more than I do now? It's a great question to ask. Or in what ways can you tell me something to help me understand your project more than I already do? The reason why that's such an important question is there's two answers to it. One is, no, you covered everything. This sounds great, so you know everything is good. Well, you know what? Um, Everything sounds great, but I, did, I didn't even mention the trim in the bathroom. Totally forgot that. And boom, now you've got more information that you need. So keep that in mind. It's a really great open-ended question to ask after you start summarizing the job that you went over. A little tidbit there. Obviously, don't be cocky. Don't be a cocky contractor. There's two people in the world that human beings hate to meet, salespeople and contractors. You guys are both, right? You've got to become the anti-contractor and the anti-salesperson. And again, a lot of that stuff is in my book, but you can start doing that by paying attention to body language. And the final thing is always, always smile. You always have to smile. So let's do a little fun 
trick here. Let's look at body language that you don't want to have yourself or see in your customer. I love this picture. What do you see there? What's happening right there? <laughs> Basically, the contractor's on the left. This is the customer. Clearly, the customer's not liking what he's seeing, but that contractor's just talking on his merry way. Blah, 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 blah. Everything's great. Here's my price. Here's how great my company is. And this guy's like, I wish this guy would shut up. I'm not like, he's, com oops. he's completely ignoring the body language. That guy just threw a rock and hit him in the forehead, and he's bleeding, and he's not doing anything about it. So again, you see stuff like this, you need to stop and say, let me find out what's happening. How are you feeling right now? You look a little tense. What's going on? Don't do that. <laughs> oh crap, they wanted this to be cream and not white. This is just uh, up here to, to get some humor in here, but you know, if something happens on the job that doesn't go right, you know, you don't want to look like that and you don't want to look like that. You've got to watch your own body language because the customer customer's watching you. And you're going to be looking at your body language on how you're actually applying, how your guys are doing this. If you mess up, you've got to just go, go with that. Be casual, still be confident. You start doing stuff like this, then the customer has no confidence in your company whatsoever because of the body language of your workers. So go back and tell your workers, watch your body language. and you mess something up, don't worry about it. We'll fix it. But if you... You show the customer that your body language is we messed something up. You got a big hill to climb to get that job to a 10 status. Now this is body language that you do want to have or see. See the difference here from that first picture? Painting contractor here, really happy customer, both of them leaning in, heads are tilted a little bit. You just look at this and you know that this is a really good conversation. You can just tell by their body language. Real smile, all of that. So that's the kind of stuff, that's how you want your customers to be reacting to you. At the end of a job and when at the end of an appointment. That good picture from a, from a kitchen table standpoint. If you have to sit at a kitchen table and discuss things, see how she's leaning forward. She's showing the information, but she's leaning in. And she's got both customers looking at that, and they're also leaning in and engaged. This is when you know you're having a good appointment, when they're engaged and they're looking in. Obviously, you can't watch their feet, but you're going to be able to tell from their hands, their, their torsos, and their faces what's going on. This one here, I love this picture. I want to see if you guys can figure out what's going on here. What do you think? Go ahead. Excellent job. What this is, is these two people are probably having a little bit of a disagreement or trying to figure something out. But what I see in here is they still both really respect each other. You can have an argument and disagreement, but if your body language is still leaning in and you're interested in their point of view, it's going to look like this. This is a great picture to show that you can have really positive body language in a negative situation. Both of these people are trying to figure out a solution to whatever this problem was, but I'm getting really good respect from both of them because they're leaning in, 
Their facial expressions are showing some concern, but also we're going to figure this out. All from one picture. There's a whole story in this one picture. You know, a picture can tell a thousand words. Picture is worth a thousand words is not a phrase you should take lightly. You can tell a whole novel worth of stuff by one picture. So ultimately, at the end of the day, you don't want to have your customer feel like this, because this is what they're afraid of. They're afraid of the contractor taking money from their back pocket or the salesperson ripping them off. And if you watch their body language and you and address it and make them feel comfortable and more comfortable and more comfortable, they're not going to feel like this. They're going to feel like that. And that's what you want. You want your customers doing that at the end of your appointment. I'm going to hire them. I feel great. He really understood what I was saying. He really got me. He even made me, he asked me a question when I was feeling concerned. He addressed that because you noticed something in her body language. Yes, keep asking them questions. Because a lot of times we get so, we're so good at what we do. We've been doing this for so many years. Our patience level goes down with people that you have to spend time with. And you start feeling like you're cocky. You're like, you get a little frustrated because they don't understand what you're saying. So in those situations when you're feeling that, try to catch yourself, which is very good assessment of yourself. Try to catch yourself and, and just ask them some more open questions. So tell me more about your house. Tell me, tell me why you think the right side of your house is peeling more than the left side, or whatever. Just ask them more questions, because the more you're interested in them, the less cocky they'll feel from you. So if you feel yourself doing that, uh, I would ask them more questions. This gentleman here had his hand up next in the green shirt. Go ahead. Uh, if, you're sitting at the if you're sitting at a table, you should sit, I would sit next to them so you can show them things. Now, I know that's hard in a, in a couple situation. Really, what you want to try to avoid, if you can, is sitting in between them. Because then they're like, they're both looking like this. So then you kind of want to sit across from them or like she was doing next to one and then you can just show the two of them. But that's why I kind of like sitting on a couch. Because sometimes I'll start across the living room and the, and the couple is on the couch or I'm on the couch and they're in the chair. And then when I need to show them pictures, I would just go and I'd literally sit on the floor and show them this. But people are like, oh my God, you sat on the floor? I'm like, yeah. That was like, they're letting me sit on their, kit, their living room floor. You know how comfortable that is? Like they're, they're letting me do that. That's going to be a sale because they're letting the sales guy, they're trusting him to, to, to be in their home and sit on their floor and show them pictures. So get the feel from it. Don't get too caught up in it, but at a table next to them, um, if you're standing, you know, try to be in front of them to the side a little bit. Obviously, don't be a close talker like Seinfeld. Um, but yeah, just do what you feel is comfortable based on their body language. Uh, let's go to you and then you. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. So here's the thing about culture. Again, you can do a, do a whole other uh, demonstration or talk about different cultures and body language. The way I approach it is if you're, if you're going into a culture, let's say you're, you go to, a, to a, an Indian household or, or a Chinese household or Japanese, things like that. For the most part, they're in America. They're Americanized. So many of these things that you're looking for or doing is probably not going to bother them. I would always go off, you know, off of them. Very rarely did I go into a, a Japanese household where they would go like this. They would shake my hand. Where if you were in Japan, they would not do that. So 
I wouldn't get hung up on it too much. In 20 years of doing this, I never ran into a, a, culturing, a culture issue in a home, ever. And I've sold every kind of nationality there is. So I really wouldn't worry about it because unless you're selling in Japan, they're in America and just, but again, don't be over the top. Don't be like, you know, trying to do stuff that's not you. Um, but I don't, looking at their eyes and stuff, I wouldn't really worry about that. Go ahead, sir. Well, no, yeah, and normally um, it, it's pretty rare that you see that, like when it happens. You know, if I, if I think that I'm leaving a job or I'm just, this is going along in the body language, so I'm reading the body language, it's all wrong, and all of a sudden at the end they say yes. It's one of those things where like, what did I miss? Like there was something that I missed that I didn't think was good and, and, and I was maybe paying attention to more of the negative stuff that they were throwing at me. So I don't know, it's, it's more of a one-off that I wouldn't worry about. If you get the job, I, what I always did, this is a nice little point or tip, Every time I left a job, whether I sold it or I didn't, I would pull over about a block later and I would go over the, the appointment in my head and I'd write down some notes that, that, I, that I thought, this is what helped me sell the job, this is what I shouldn't have done, this is where I lost the job, things like that. And the more you do that, uh, the, more, the better you'll get. So in a situation like that, if I was completely off and then he bought the job anyway, I would pull over and I'm like, what the hell just happened, right? But there's the opposite is true. You have this great appointment you're singing kumbaya at the end of the appointment, and they go, sorry, i got to think about it. You're like, what the hell happened? Probably missed something in their body language. You probably didn't pay attention or ask the right question, or you talked too much about something they didn't care about. Even though the appointment went great, you could have spent two and a half minutes on something they could care less about, and that sent them to an uncomfortable state, and they said they're going to think about it. Well... Body language is body language. Some women, you know, body language for women is, is, is different in certain areas, like the crossing the arms, they do that much more uh, because most women are colder than men. Um, but just err on the side of being a professional. Don't be a sleazy, you know, wow, nice dress you're wearing. Or, or, or I, ha I have a, another presentation where I had this, um, it shows a review from a, a, an in-home salesperson for selling solar. And the review was written, written by the wife and was scathing about how the guy, here's, this is a good point. Don't go into the house and think that and just spend your time talking to the husband. I hope we all know that. Give them equal time. She killed this guy who was in the house because he didn't speak to her. And then he said to her as they was leaving, he said, nice, uh, nice to meet you. Uh, keep up the good work. Your house looks great. That's what he said to her. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> in 2021 that would happen? Um, so yeah, be professional. Give them both respect. Quite often, we all know this, the, if they're married, the wife is making the decision on the colors. That's what's going to happen. But then don't spend all your time on the wife either because the husband's like, all right, how much is it going to cost? That's kind of like the dynamic that happens. You know, it changes from couple to couple, but give them equal time. I always would, if, if a couple, if someone answered a question, I would then go to the other one. I said, well, do you feel the same way? What do you think? That's what I did in the purse lips when I saw him purse his lips. I'm like, how are you feeling about that, that monthly payment? And he said, I need to talk to my wife. You know, she says, I want chartreuse. And he goes, you know, how's chartreuse for you, Bill? What do you think? Holy crap, I don't want that color. I think you guys need to talk rather than having it sit there. Who had their hand up? Go ahead. So I've noticed sometimes that people mirror, mirror your body language. Yes. 
So I, didn't, I, don't get into, I don't get into mirroring in this presentation because it's the second level, it's the next level up of, of body language. Um, if you're adept enough to notice the mirroring, that really means you're paying attention. But what you'll see is as you get good at body language, you know, you'll see a lot of books and, and videos saying you should mirror what the other person is doing because then that subconsciously they're supposed to feel more comfortable. I never spent that much time with that. I've always kind of just looked at what they were doing and addressed it. And then I just made sure my own body language was always professional and interesting. It's, it, it's, it's not really that complicated from there. Um, if you want to get into mirroring, I would focus on these basic foundational stuff first, get really good at those and noticing it, and then start reading books on mirroring and things like that. What about the opposite if your client is mirroring your body language? You've noticed that? Yes. Really? Give me a specific example that you noticed it and what happened. Yeah, I'm okay to hang around. I forgot it was at 11.47. Um, so we can talk offline, and if anybody wants to grab a book, I'll be out there. Uh, we can, I can sign it for you and everything. So thank you, everybody. I'm sorry we went over. So I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.